welcome to the ShakeOut Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Van Buskirk. Today, we're bringing you a year-end ShakeOut special. This week, we revisited an episode from last year in which former Canadian running web editor Sinead Mulhern chats with sports psychologist Kim Dawson about setting realistic training and performance goals. We also bring you a few pieces of advice on that same topic from some of Canada's speediest elites. We close out our last show of the year with a very special musical treat from Canadian running contributor Alex Sear and national team member Nick Falk. Trust me, you want to stick around for this awesome parody. But first, here's a listen back to Sinead Mulhern's interview with Kim Dawson. We're talking about goals in January. Right off the bat, Kim, why don't we start talking about the mistakes that people are making when they set their goals? Well, the biggest one that I find is that they set really arbitrary goals, right? So there's a difference between a dream and a goal, right? So I may have a dream to run a marathon and I may want to do that someday, but is it a realistic goal for me to be able to put that on, say, an April marathon if I'm going into a busy season at work or a busy season at school or if I'm not a good winter runner? So those are the things that I think the biggest thing is that it's just unrealistic. They're arbitrary. They're not set on anything. And then once they do set that goal, not putting the support that's necessary in place to be able to achieve those goals. So it's kind of a two-step mistake. One, I picked the wrong goal. And two, I don't ever make myself increase the probability of being able to be successful to get it because I haven't done anything to bring that support in place. And what would you say are kind of like you you sort of suggested one goal there that might be a bad example of a goal that someone should set? Do you ever hear of common goals that runners set that kind of make you squirm a little bit? Is there any sort of just like examples of types of goals that are just maybe not so good? The one that really makes me concerned is when someone picks a goal of a running distance that's more than it's in their fitness level right now, if that leap is too big. And my husband's also a massage therapist, so he would actually tell you the exact same thing because it's going to just be rife with injuries from his point of view. And from my point of view, it's also going to be filled with disappointment because you're not going to be able to get there. So I would much prefer someone, if they're in 5K shape now, say, okay, I'm going to run a spring 10K. If I'm in 10K shape, I'm going to do a half marathon. If I'm at half marathon shape, I'm going to ramp that up to a marathon. So I would like people to be more aware of what the current fitness level is and then the time that it takes to actually get some more distance under their belt and to do that in a healthy and a really well-progressed way. And what about, I guess, one of the common ones too in January and like you see this flashed across a lot of different forms of media is the body image focused goals. So you have a lot of people saying, you know, I want to lose X pounds or I want to tone up this year or, you know, it's very image focused. What would you say about kind of like how should we be rethinking those sorts of goals and what are your kind of thoughts on just the prominence of those goals? Well, it's okay to have multiple goals and I would never have that as my 1A priority because one, it's so genetically determined in terms of what we're going to look like. So even putting something on the table 
people about changing that. It's going to look like what that process has to be different for many people. And people don't accept that. Sometimes they feel that they've been unsuccessful when really they've been, they're quite fit, but they might not have that body that they have as the image in their mind. So, but I do also understand that we live in a very uh, observation or visually stimulating society. And so I get that. So I would say that's about a third priority. The first one is always about functionalness. The first one is always about making your body be healthier and getting to a place of being real independence and having control. And if there's an outcome from that, it changes your body in some way. Fantastic. But to have that as your number one thing, it's very difficult to be able to do the diet that's necessary that goes along with that and all of the other things that actually cause those body changes. Okay, so if you had something in mind come December 30th, 31st, and this was the thing that you wanted to achieve. So we're into January. What do you say to the people who have had a goal that has already crashed and burned or already doesn't look like it's going to be working out this year? What do they need to be thinking about? Okay, well, that's one of the biggest myths and fallacies about goal setting is that everyone thinks that their original goal that is set can never be modified, right? So even looking at our experience and our work experience, if we sometimes that's difficult because if we had this goal of always getting this job and now we have this job and it's not as fulfilling as we thought it would be, we feel that we can't leave it because it was our original goal. In fact, for goal setting to be effective, you need to do constant reevaluation. It's dynamic. It's not static. So... The first thing is, what did those three weeks do? Was there opportunity, but there was no ambition? Okay, if there's opportunity, there's no ambition, then you have to find something else that you will be ambitious or motivated about to do. If there was motivation and ambition, but there was no opportunity, then you have to really realistically assess what that goal is and try to find something that you can meet in the limited opportunity that you've got. So it's constantly being aware of why was it not met? Was it something internal? Was it something external? And once you have that awareness, then you can rechange your goals to uh, to successfully maneuver around that. So when you're kind of coaching people on this type of stuff, how often would you say somebody needs to be checking in? What does the process of this constant reevaluation look like ideally? It doesn't have any set timeline. So for example, if someone did set a goal at the end of December and they're moving swimmingly towards it, then just keep moving swimmingly towards it. When we have to do the reevaluation is when we start to see that our challenges exceed our resources. And that for some reason, if our journal is saying that we didn't get out on those runs or we didn't fulfill what it is that we were trying to do, don't just give up, right? Remember at that juncture, you've got a choice. One is either to take your ball and bat and go home and say, not for me. Or the other is to say, you know what? It's now the middle of January. I have already signed up for the refrigerator or whatever whatever it is, instead of doing the 10K, I think I can get my mileage up for the 5K. So that's what I'm always trying to have people evaluate is that what is a much more realistic plan? I want to think of it as a continuum of behaviors, not as a this or that type of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it's it's uh, something that can constantly be morphed, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, what we're always trying to do is we're trying to build our own successes because successes are reinforcing and failures are not. The thing that I don't want is to have that person that puts everything out there and runs a miserable marathon in April and never runs again. Remember what the goal is, lifelong physical activity. You want to have an experience that makes you feel like, hey, I want to do something like that again or move, challenge myself in a different way, not the experience of I never want to do that again. And we know that that does happen with some individuals that do run one marathon. They're one and done. 
I'm wondering if sticking to this theme of the revisiting and the editing and constantly checking in, I'm wondering if you could kind of think of an example of a goal that would be a typical running goal that a lot of people have set. And if you could sort of give me the example of the goal and then an example of how you would walk through and then edit that and change it. Okay, well, so there we go. So what is it that we want a goal of? So first of all, when I'm meeting with someone, I'll say, are we trying to qualify for something? Are we trying to extend our fitness level? Are we trying to extend the length upon which we can compete in? What is it that we really want to do? Are you just doing this for social purposes? What what would be your definition of success? So for even some individuals, I find they will put a goal of a competition and that competition actually brings them more anxiety because really they just like the socialness of running. So it's about letting them be aware of the fact you can join a running group. You can let everyone in that running group say that they're going to do the Toronto 10K. You don't necessarily have to do that. If your enjoyment and you're so intrinsically motivated that you just want to run with them twice a week, you go for that. So it's about making people aware of their own individual needs because we have a real group mentality where we will go with the cohort. And even the most elite runners, I'll tell you, when they get into their running groups and their training groups, they will get injured too if they try to keep up with somebody else in the group that might be at a different pace or a different place than they are. So it's always about what is your trajectory that works for you? What fulfills your need? Yeah, I kind of like that, you know, don't just assume that you should go with the flow. Okay, so you work with a lot of elites that would be, you know, a lot of people's favorite Canadian runners. So is there some sort of concrete nugget of wisdom that you find yourself passing on a lot of the time to these people that could apply to recreational runners? Sure. I wouldn't say it's necessarily my words of wisdom, but it's definitely ways that we could make the, to make the process work. And the big fallacy that I think when recreational runners are looking at elites is that the elites make it look so easy and it may make it look like it's not a challenge for them. Well, I'll tell you, I've known many of these athletes, most of them, or if not all of them, do not want to run 200 kilometer weeks. They have the same motivation issues that we have. They have the same scheduling issues that we have. So I generally go for a 70% rule is that 70% so pick something that 70% of the time you want to go and do 20% of the time in your life then just do it for an intrinsic reward so I use the example of I'm an early morning exerciser I don't love being an early morning exerciser but I do it for the reward of afternoon Kim because afternoon Kim loves morning Kim that she got it done right so that is my external reward because she doesn't have to worry about it and then sometimes that 10% is just I don't care how you feel you just got to get it done you know if this you're invested you're all in if this is something that you want to value if you want to honor yourself and you want to get to that race goal or whatever it is that you're trying to do you just have to do it and that truly is one of the most mature concepts for humans to get is if we sat around and we just waited to see if we felt like running who would run right you know there'd be very few of us that would actually do that and that's the Olympians and the elites as well so at that point, you use your technology, you use your alarm on your Fitbit that tells you to get up and do it. You use your calendar, you use anything that you have to do that says this is the time that you run independent of how you feel about it. That's awesome. Well, I think that's a really good note to wrap this up on. Thank you so much, Kim. No worries. It's always so fun to talk to you guys. Throughout 2018, we saw some incredible results on the track, roads, and trails. Our Canadian athletes made us proud both in and out of competition, and they set the stage for even more excitement in 2019. 
We've put together a list of our top 10 Canadian performances of the year, which you can find on our website. Many of the athletes on this list were ShakeOut podcast contributors in 2018, including our new Canadian marathon record holder, Cameron Levins. In addition to Cam, we heard from Rachel Cliff, who ran the fastest marathon debut by a Canadian woman, and Mohamed Ahmed, the double silver medalist at this year's Commonwealth Games. Here are some nuggets of advice from these standout Canucks, along with their own goals for the 2019 season. My name is Cameron Levins. My advice for goal setting is don't be afraid to set lofty goals, but understand and realize what steps you need to take to get to it. I I mean, I think everyone has a lofty goal in their mind probably all the time. I I don't really feel like that's one you even need to write down. You know, it's the smaller ones, the steps that need to be taken in order to even approach it are the ones that you need to keep in mind, keep in sight. Yeah, for me, I mean, a big goal would be to try and run a better marathon than I have. But once again, I'm looking at the smaller goals of that (laughs) and uh, realizing just because I've done one doesn't necessarily make me an expert at it. And because it went well, I'm not totally an expert, but yeah, I, I just, I want to feel good about um, another marathon or two that I'm planning to run next year and hopefully run a fast half marathon time as well. But um, I'll focus on what I can do in practice and uh, see what I'm ready to do on race day. Hi, I'm Rachel Cliff, and um, my advice for setting goals are, are to just firstly make sure that you set kind of two to three big big goals that you probably won't be able to achieve all of them, but hopefully, you know, don't be disappointed if only get one or two during the year. After setting your outcome goals, I think it's really important to think of all the little pieces that, that you can improve on, and from there, I always think it's most important to focus on process goals, so those are just things that you can control, and um, within these, I try to have one to two big picture focus goals for the year. I know that in order to do that, I'll need to improve my my strength and conditioning so I can handle higher mileage. Um, and then from there, I always take inventory of my short-term weekly goals. So things like getting my training in or I feel I'm not sleeping well enough, trying to improve that. So I think it's always important to be organized with your goals and, and keep writing them down. So keeping a journal in the short term of just jotting down tools you want to work on for the week and one thing that you think you did well over the past week um, is very helpful in just keeping track on how well you're achieving your short-term process goals. Hi, my name is Mohammed Ahmed, and I run the 5,000 meters and 10,000 meters for Team Canada. The thing I keep in mind when setting goals is don't do too much too soon. Start simple and break down the work in workable parts. Stay consistent as you build fitness and obtain more capacity. Keep yourself on task and accountable and wanting to come back for more. My primary goals for 2019 are working on obtaining better running posture or allowing for more options when I'm in a fatigued state. Obviously, all of the inefficiencies or bad habits are linked to weaknesses I've developed over the years, which is something I've been making an attempt at correcting every year. But this year, I'm prioritizing it a little bit more, and I'm definitely making some progress. Shout out to my mentor, Mary Lou, who has helped me figure this out. Happy holidays and new year to you and yours.
I want to thank all the amazing people who have shared their stories and advice with us throughout 2018. Thank you also to our dedicated listeners for tuning into our show each week. I'm looking forward to bringing you more extraordinary voices from across the country in the new year. And now we'll leave you with the cheeky musical talent of Nick Falk and Alex Sear. From all of us at Canadian Running Magazine and the ShakeOut Podcast, Happy New Year, and we wish you a very healthy, safe, and successful 2019. Sarah and Nick Falk, and we realized that a few Christmas songs this year are bands, so for uh, you members of the running community, we thought we'd add something to the repertoire. Joy. done and it's time for some banter let's talk about how cliff got faster than winter van buskirk ran real fast and hosted a podcast half power showed he runs well by himself for some reason no one cared about coming well dst got a hug and everyone left well but at least that might take Moved from the States and became Milne's roommate. Sorry, lady, someone claimed CPT. Stafford is engaging out of U of T. We're getting old, Gaulish has no eligibility New balance sign, new ambassadors like Queen JST And Chris Palestrini And Angus and Panock and Sumner and Stolly and O'Connell And we're still buying shoes Cause it's so godforsaken hard to be sponsored Track. So many fast moms out there on the run Someone call Flynn again, he's looking for one Sports glory for black and broken Surge raced a million times but never got broken Eight or ten K debate Is still wide open Nationals, we waited for the return of Frost Lalonde showed us steeplers could be good across But it doesn't go both ways just ask Luke Bruchet The best part might have been When K
Ken Levins went to Merry Christmas. And good luck.